When we flatten that hierarchy and when we feel like we can all step to the, the table mm -hmm. and speak up for each other's safety and promote wellness, take care of each other, it creates a totally different environment for caregivers too. Once again, folks, thank you so much for joining us here on Compass One Connections. I am your host, Tommy Kane. And today we have a kind of unique and special podcast for you. We're going to be joined by members of Press Ganey. They are part of the strategic consulting team at Press Ganey. We're joined by Ingrid Summers, the manager of strategic consulting, and Marty Wright, a partner with strategic consulting. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on Compass One Connections. It's great to have you on. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks so much. Yeah. So let's talk first and foremost, guys, just about Press Ganey. We hear it a lot in our business. It's always kind of a buzzword that we see on reports and different things. And it's such a great partnership for those people out there that just don't know what Press Ganey does on a day to day basis. And for people like us, can you explain that to us? Yeah, glad to. Thanks, Tommy. And really appreciate you and the team having us on uh, for this event. We're really excited about it. Uh, Press Ganey is a leading provider of measurement and improvement solutions for healthcare ac across the world. Um, we partner with about 41,000, 42,000 healthcare organizations and wow. provide measurement around safety and quality, uh, patient experience and employee engagement, physician engagement, safety culture. Um, if it relates to improving the quality of care and reducing suffering for patients, we have a measure set for it. And in turn, we feel that if you can measure it, you got to do something to improve it. And so we wrap around advisory and consulting services to help drive change uh, based on the results of those surveys. Very interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, there you have it. Now we all know what press gainy means when we see it. Fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about your relationship and our relationship with you guys with Compass One. I know we've been partners for a long, long time. Talk to us about that relationship and what you guys actually do for us on a day-to-day -day basis. We've been engaged with partnership uh, with Compass One since about 2015. Okay. And in that partnership, we really align our strategic uh, priorities and approaches to help improve the overall outcomes for patients in food and nutrition environmental services. So as you well know, you know, being in the hospital or being in healthcare can be an incredibly stressful time for patients and families. And we cannot underestimate the importance of the support services teams and the members of the nutrition services group, for example, providing that healing meal and the relief that comes from, you know, a nice conversation and great support or the benefit and security that comes from having a very clean room, um, knowing that it's been sanitized uh, to ensure the safety uh, and health of the, the team members, the families, and the patients. And so uh, we've partnered with the national team at Compass One to really understand the measures and metrics behind those needs uh, and work together to drive improvement. It's been incredible so far. Fantastic. Well, we know we, we love working with you guys on everything. And I think the results that we see from the, your hard work and, and showing us those metrics and whatnot have really changed the landscape for us and moving forward. Um, I know one of the things you guys really focus on is diversity, equity, and inclusion. I know you guys are simply DE&I. Ingrid, can you talk to me about that and why that's so important these days? Absolutely. So as we're thinking about safety, quality, and the experience that we're providing, not only for our patients and families, but also for our caregivers, our workforce, 
we've got to consider that diversity, equity, and inclusion, the lens in which we look through the work that we do is equally as important. I also think that it's important for us to level set, right? So we hear these terms, diversity, equity, and inclusion, but we don't often know what it really means. Right. So Marty, do you want to share with us the definition of diversity? I'll talk a little bit about equity, and then we can close out with inclusion. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, one of the things I think that's really important for organizations is put a stake in the ground and define these terms as they apply to their own organizations. For us at Press Ganey, we've defined diversity uh, as the myriad of ways in which people differ uh, in personal or in group characteristics and experiences that are represented either at like an individual, organizational, institutional level, um, and even at a societal level. So it's really about the way people differ uh -huh. um, in, in a lot of times in really good ways. Yeah, thank you for that, Marty. And you know, when I think about equity, often it's misconstrued with the word equality. Right. So equity is really this concept, this notion that promotes the provision of access and resources to individuals or groups in a way that accommodates their differences. Mm. Right? Equality is that approach that ensures that everyone has access to the same, same level of opportunity, same level of assistance, and that's in all segments of society. If we think about uh, in food and nutrition, equality would be giving everyone the same uh, items on their breakfast tray, right? So you've given them breakfast, everyone gets bacon, eggs pancakes, cereal, milk, and juice. Equity is that concept that recognizes that there are some individuals uh, within the unit uh, that are um, on a diabetic diet, right? Or um, high, have high blood pressure, right? And that needs uh, special diets to accommodate their differences. So we need to understand that equity is about accommodating one's differences, whereas equality is about access to the same. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. And then what about um, in just overall inclusion? You talk about, so you've got the, the diversity, equity, and inclusion part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say, Tommy, inclusion is bringing people in welcoming those who might otherwise feel excluded to a group uh, and making them feel like part of the team. I'm just creating a sense of belonging, yeah. bringing them in. Right, yeah. which is so important, especially when you're in a hospital setting like that as well, you know, and having people that are could be away from their family and whatnot mm -hmm. and, and just being able to make them feel like they're very comfortable in that space. Yeah, yeah. totally get it. And, Absolutely. And Tommy, I'm going to just add to that, you know, it's not only with our patients, but it's with our colleagues as well. Right. Sure. So, so you have a new coworker that joins the team. We want to create that sense of belonging where they feel like they can contribute. Right. So inclusion is not about just inviting someone in. You've got to create, you know, that welcoming environment where, where people feel like they can contribute in a meaningful way. No doubt. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense for sure. Um, why is DEI so important to our workforce and food and support services overall? I mean, I understand the little intricacies that you've just mentioned and whatnot, mm -hmm. but I mean, there seems like 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like there's such a um, a focus on DE and I mm-hmm. within the last five, six years, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like that was such a buzzword for so long, but now it is. Now it's more in the forefront. Why is that? Why is it so important? Mm-hmm. Marty, if I may, you know, specifically in food and support services, I, I gave the example of, um, you know, everyone getting the same uh, a food tray, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got to consider that different people have different needs, right? Whether it's because of sort of a, a, a diet that, that is in alignment with one's religious beliefs or mm-hmm. uh, their diagnosis. And we often think about the physical harm that may be caused if we give that person who has diabetes, you know, a food tray that, that goes against that diet. But we've also got to consider the emotional harm. That individual that is on a kosher diet or a halal diet, you know, we are busy, right? Right. Um, And if the tray goes to their room and it has a piece of bacon or pork on it, it was not our intent to do that. But we may cause emotional harm to that individual where that piece of bacon goes against their religious beliefs and causes them harm. So as we think about harm in its in a broader sense, we can't only consider the physical, but we've got to consider the emotional harm. And that is why it is so important uh, in, you know, in food and support services. We've got to slow down. We've got to consider that we could be causing harm, not only the physical, but the emotional. That's really interesting because you when you're in a hospital, you all you think about, at least I would, is the physical harm, right? That food mm-hmm. might do or whatever like that. But you don't really think about there's enough stress on them and the fact that they're in the hospital anyway, and add in something like you just alluded to with, you know, religious belief or whatnot, it could even increase that. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for us, Tommy, I think yeah. it's been such an important topic, you know, n- not only because nationwide in the last 18 months since the murder of George Floyd has this been elevated to a new level of strategic importance but our our organization exists to reduce suffering that's that's how I started this this podcast and I'll go back to it and I, I think adding layers of microaggressions or implicit bias which are terms we can talk about if you want uh, that exist in our cultures as we support patients and families and work together as colleagues, you know, that adds to the suffering of individuals. And it's important for us to focus on this work because our goal is to reduce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, along those lines, what are some things that can be done to create more diverse and equitable and inclusive environments? I mean, I know there's what we're already doing. Are there more things that we can do or the things that like the people that are listening to this podcast can kind of say, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I could start doing implementing that in my workspace. Mm-hmm. Are there things that we can, you guys can allude to with that? You know, my first thought is always with the data. We have mounds and mounds of data in healthcare that help us understand the current state of our organizations, of the people we serve, of the people we support, and that we work with. And uh, step one for me is not taking a one-size-fits-all approach to improving in these areas. And data is a great place to begin we can segment the, the data by different uh, demographics. We can understand the unique needs of different populations, and we can use those insights to target specific improvement efforts that make it feel personal, that make it feel like we are 
focused on the unique individuals. Uh, and I, I think it begins there before any other interventions mm -hmm. take place. Absolutely, absolutely, Marty. And training and education is so important, right? So things like understanding different cultures or cultural competencies, when we talk about unconscious or implicit bias, what that actually means. What do microaggressions look like, right? So we have to understand where our uh, understanding is per, on a personal level as well as at an institutional level, and the data is going to help us understand where we are institutionally, but also where you know, taking some some uh, uh, sort of a, a look internal to understand at a personal level um, where we are around maturity in this space. Uh, one thing that I would have uh, our audience consider is taking an implicit association test out of Harvard. It's free, and there are a number of different tests that are out there. When I say tests, I don't want to scare you. There are a number of exercises, four or five minutes in length, that will help one uncover um, where they are, uh, what kind of biases they may hold. Um, Patricia Devine is also sort of a leader in this space. She's been doing work uh, around diversity, equity, and inclusion for a really long time. And she talks about three things that need to be present um, in an effort to sort of override one's bias. And that is, first, you've got to be concerned that it's an issue and you want to do something about it. Secondly, sure. you've got to be aware, and that's where uh, that implicit association test uh, might, might help. And then replacing that sort of negative uh, response with one that more closely matches um, your personal beliefs. Marty, you wanna talk about being that visible vocal leader? Cause I think that that's important as yeah, well. Yeah, glad to. Uh, so, you know, we, I talked about data, Ingrid talked about training. None of those things exist unless there's visible vocal leadership support. And Tommy, it's interesting, you know, I talked about how we measure patient experience. We also measure employee experience. I think that's the number one driver we see of driving the overall employee experience. If you have leadership support, someone who's out there championing these efforts, mm -hmm. uh, especially around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and saying, this is a strategic priority for us. This is something that we're going to make a difference in. And this is not a flavor of the month because mm -hmm. it's important on the national news makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything with the leadership. Once the leadership buys in and really kind of implements it, it just kind of trickles down. And That's right. I mean, you know that there's the people that the nurses, the the people that deliver the food, everybody's so focused on making the patient, you know, feel better as far as from a physical standpoint, like you alluded to earlier. But when it comes to the end of the day and you leave a hospital, I mean, you really, it helps so much to have such a positive experience while you're there outside mm -hmm. of just the doctor, the medicines and what everything else and the treatments, because that really, as we all know, is it adds to the health of that patient. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I wouldn't underestimate to the impact on colleagues and improving collegiality. Mm -hmm. And one of, one of the things we work a lot on are what we call universal relationship skills. So they're universal because they apply to everyone mm -hmm. and their relationship skills designed to grow the way that we connect with individuals, whether they're patients and families or with colleagues. 
And that's really important in this conversation because it reduces power distance, mm -hmm. where in healthcare, sometimes there's a perceived or real hierarchy. And yeah. depending on where you sit in that hierarchy, it can affect the way that you show up for work. It can affect the way that you engage with other members of the team. When we flatten that hierarchy, right. man, that makes a big difference. And when we feel like we can all step to the, the table mm -hmm. and speak up for each other's safety and promote wellness, take care of each other, it creates a totally different environment for caregivers too. Yeah, yeah great point. Fantastic point. I know, Ingrid, you alluded to a little bit about the test to learning more and whatnot, but what should listeners' next steps be if they want to learn more with the um, with DE&I? Where could they go? Where could they, outside of the what you mentioned earlier? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Happy to, 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 to share. Uh, so look at the data, share the data, be a visible vocal leader, engage in some training, right? So that people understand at that, at that individual level, lean into uh, the relation or, or reliability skills, right? That are universal, right? Um, so Press Gaming has a number of tools uh, that can be leveraged. Uh, we have maturity index that can ass assess where an organization or department is in uh, their ability to really drive uh, DEI efforts. We have integrated analytics, insights into pipelines like how uh, women, women of color, you know, uh, certain age demographics are experiencing the organization. So there's lots of different things that can be done. Uh, we also have an equity partnership, which is really a commitment by organizations to um, gather and, and, and look at insights around data, demographics, collect that data and demographics so that we know where the starting point is. You know, one of the things that I often think about, Tommy, is, you know, understanding where we are, there's no shame in it, right? It gives us a, 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 a launch pad in order to move forward. Right. Um, so really looking at where are we as an organization, where are we as a department, where are we as a unit, right, so that we can target our efforts so that we can move forward and improve and increase uh, the experience for all patients, caregivers, staff, everyone, if you wear the badge, you should have, you, you should not be harmed, you should go to work. Uh, and come home from work in, in sort of the same uh, place that you are, right? So in, in, in a good place. Yeah. yeah. Marty, do you have anything to add to that? So Tommy, I would say just be curious. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. there's so much out there mm -hmm. to learn. And to Ingrid's point, if you let your guard down and say, I don't know everything, mm -hmm. I can learn something and open yourself up to the possibilities there's incredible books and articles and podcasts and movies. Um, so I say just be curious because that's where it starts. And uh, I'm on the journey myself to improving the way I view the world. Uh, and it's a fascinating journey to be on. That's great advice. I mean, I think across all parts of life. That's great advice. Never stop learning, right? And always be curious. I will want to finish up with one question. I'd be remiss if I didn't discuss this because of what's been going on in the world for the last year and a half with COVID and just the impact that has had on our hospitals, our associates that are in the on the ground floor, on the front line, so to speak, and then the patients and their families that come in too. I mean, my gosh, 
that has had to impact you guys at Prescani so much and what you guys do. Can you just briefly discuss that a little bit for us? Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, the last 18 months have just been incredibly challenging. And so what we see in the data are a few things. Number one, I mean, the, the meaning and work that people are experiencing and achieving by helping to support their patients and communities is incredible. The data show that on the rise across the, the country. But we also see a difficult time for caregivers in decompressing and recharging their batteries. And, you know, Ingrid said earlier, you got to be able to bring your best self to work. If you can't bring your best self to work, you can't give your best to patients. And so along with our work in DEI, we've really focused on how do you improve the well-being of caregivers? And we've always done that work, but there's a, a heightened sense of importance on that now, uh, given the environment in which we're operating. And we stress constantly that uh, providing support for one another not only builds inclusion or an inclusive environment, but it also builds wellness. So I think you know we're starting to see some things coalesce around a really difficult time, but that's when we we start to see meaningful change. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there somewhere I know you alluded to as far as like places for people to go to learn more about DE&I, but what about what you just spoke about with dealing with what we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis now? Is there a place where they can maybe go to on the internet or whatnot to kind of find some helpful tints, um, excuse me, helpful hints as far as like inclusion, like you just talked about and getting, building that, that, that feeling of community amongst issues. Is there somewhere or something you guys can point our listeners to, to help out with that? Absolutely. On our, on our site, uh, we have a number of tools and resources uh, that are available um, so that people can go, whether it be around uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, well-being. Uh, yeah, there are a number of resources out there because we saw that there was a need, right? People are hungry. They want to know, what do I do? What can I do? How do I learn more? And so we've, we have created space for people uh, to learn. Um, One one other thing that I would encourage uh, our listeners uh, to do is talk to one another. So as Mm -hmm. you're learning, right, speak to each other, right? Learn more about the individual, see them as a person um, and not just a number, right? So that's how we also grow uh, individually. We grow as a department, we grow as a unit and it's so, so impactful. Yeah. Hey, Tommy, I'll put in a shameless plug. Uh, it's sure. www.pressgainey.com forward slash industry dash initiatives. That's the place where people can go to find out the communities that we're coalescing to okay. bring our clients together to talk about this important work. No, there's no 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 shame in that plug right there. That's as long as we can help the people out there. And on that note, Ingrid and Marty, I want to thank you both so much for not only being on Compass One Connections with us today and, and spending some time with us, but for all the work that Press Ganey does with Compass One, I know the partnership has just been invaluable to us and how much you guys have helped improve not only the patient experiences for all our, our units, but also the associates and their day-to-day work lives and everything. And so thank you very much for that and for being here on the show today. We really appreciate it. It's been fantastic having you. Thanks so much. Our pleasure. Thank you. Our well, pleasure. As always, thanks for joining us on Compass One Connections. I'm Tommy Kane, and be sure to rate us on the app you're using to listen. We'll see you next time.